I have anxiety over that. Like I get real hypochondriac when I feel like certain things are off. I'm like, yo, I ain't, I ain't used the bathroom in a couple of days. What's going on? Am I okay? I'm, I can't, like, I mean, and for a long time, that meant I just avoided doctors. I did what too many black men do. I just avoided the doctor. Um, and it was, my wife was just like, no, you're not going to do that. The moment we started, and that was kind of why I knew she was the one. She was like, no, no, you're going to the doctor. Even when we just started dating, she's like, you're making, um, we're making an appointment. You're going to get your physical. You're going to get it done every year. Da, 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 da. I had spent 20 some years just like, I'm just going to rock, rock, I'm just going to rock it out. Like, I'm a, just like, when I drop dead, I'm going to drop dead. You know, that guy. And I just realized that's why our lifespan and life expectancy is what it is. You know? And I don't want, and I have little ones, and I don't want that to be my fate. The reality is, like, I just don't want that to be my fate. And I'm, I'm going to therefore embrace the fact that there might be things that gonna that will happen, and then I can get through them. It's like I've got through everything else. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm glad you've joined us. I'm on location here at The Well in Washington, D.C. Reflect, renew, refound. This is an event curated by New Profit. And maybe some of you know that Ever Forward Club, a nonprofit, um, is one of the uh, Catalyst cohort members. I am one of the cohort members of the Catalyst grant. Um, and it's been beautiful. Uh, this experience today in, as, is here in DC to refresh, <laughs> renew and refound. Like, what are we doing as organizations to um, keep energizing ourselves and our work and also to continue growing and building for the future? You know, this is really connected to this conversation today with Dax Devlin Ross, who's our guest today. You know, in our conversation today, we talk about connecting there's a profound conversation about missing our old friends. You know, I think it's so beautiful to have Dak speak to the fact that the friends he had from past, that sometimes having a missing of those friends. And maybe you recognize that as, as you've gotten older, the really tight, close friendships you've had are no longer with us, or you no longer have them. And what I really enjoy about our conversation is that we get a chance to go deeper. This conversation, you know, Dax is an author. He's written six books. As you know, um, he inspires me. Maybe you don't know that, but I'm telling you, he inspires me. And in this conversation, we get to just really have a heart-to-heart. -heart. I feel like I have a new friend, a new man who is doing the work on his own heart, his own well-being, his own wellness to say, there's more to me than people can see by looking at me. That's the work. That's what the... Million Mask Movement is about. That's what the Taking Off the Mask podcast is about. Is that so many men around the world, we may think that they're all the same, that they have so many things that they don't have in common because we look on the outside and we look so different. But there's so much that we have in common. And tomorrow, I get to hear from some amazing speakers, some amazing connectors. There's some amazing um, art that's happening on the side, some curated art, some uh, mosaics and this one mirror I want you to see this is something that actually kind of tripped me out a bit there's a thing called a true mirror now I don't really know what a true mirror is until I saw this but I guess I'm gonna show it to you now so a true mirror is this it's like what you see is actually what people see as opposed to what 
we normally see in the mirror when we see ourselves where the left is right and the right is left but in this my right is left never mind yeah no okay in the <laughs> i'm looking at the mirror and the reflection off the mirror so it's actually backwards again but the real mirror i wonder how often do we see a real reflection of ourselves? How often do we actually see what we really are feeling? Do we give ourselves permission to really feel what we're really feeling? Do we give ourselves time and space to be human? These conversations we've been having over these hundred plus episodes are deeply moving for me because I think that what I'm hoping you will see is that you're not alone either. Whether you identify as man who listens to this podcast, or you identify as you know, other Man, guess what? You're not alone. You're not alone. So guess what? In these conversations, I'm hoping that you realize that we're not trying to espouse to perfection, but we're going to do our best to always give you conversations that matter, that are meaningful for men all over the world, from all backgrounds. And we hope that you find ways in your own life to reflect, renew yourself, and decide what it means for you to be refound. Take care, everybody. Have a great evening. Enjoy today's episode with Dax Devlin Ross, and we'll see you soon. Dax, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, I just want to say thank you, and I'm really, really nervous. <laughs> I don't normally get nervous. I think the idea of Creating in real time creates levels of pressure for me, but I, I trust you. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having mm. me. Thank you. Well, thank you for your trust, man. Thank you for your trust. I um, these conversations are has been rich. I think they they go where they're supposed to go. There's no there's no agenda except that we make a mass together and you share as much of it as you're willing to share, and and then we let the conversation go where the conversation takes us, and then um. And then we're and, and we and we stop this encounter, yeah. and hopefully until the next encounter, and we get to connect, you know. And I think our goal is in the show is helping men of all ages, all backgrounds realize that that there's so much more to us than you can see by looking at us. Yeah. And oftentimes we we, we get stuck with what our eyes can see and not the yeah. deep of our soul and our heart. So I'm excited. This conversation was. I'm excited for this. I appreciate it. Let's get into it. Can you introduce yourself? Sure, sure. So um, my full name is Dax Devlin Ross. Uh, I always tell people there's a story behind the name Dax, but I go by Dax. Uh, although the Devlin is, I write, and when I show my work, everything I do, I present as Dax Devlin. But when I'm in conversation and when people know me as, it's just Dax. Uh, I'm a, I lead with calling and identifying myself as a, as a writer. Uh published six books on a number of subjects, um, often I think framed within the context of social and political engagement. Sometimes that's history, that sometimes that's um, essays, personal essays. Um, sometimes it's crime fiction and novels. I, I, so I've done a variety of different kinds of writing. I've also written for a lot of magazines, been an investigative reporter. And then I have a whole other life that I've led as you know an organizational leader, and which is dovetailed into organizational change work. 
where I'm doing, I do a lot of work with organizations, big and small. Some of you, if I were to say the names you are familiar with, some of you may not be as familiar with, where I really try to help people and, and organizations get in alignment with themselves, which is to say, there's often a thing that they say they want in the world, a set of values that they um, aspire to. But as with any of us, we can sometimes fall short of that. My job is to sometimes gently, sometimes a little less gently guide people towards their truth and to be better and, and to get clear about that with themselves. And that work shows up as sometimes it's facilitating, sometimes it's coaching, sometimes it's assessment work, culture assessment work, sometimes it's strategy work, sometimes it's designing things, designing new initiatives with people, but always at the center of it with the lens around specifically honed in on equity. Mm -hmm. My belief in my work is focused around creating spaces where based on my own history of exclusion and my, my ancestry of exclusion about creating spaces where everybody can thrive, where everybody can be present. Everybody can have it, have access. Everybody can be full, fully realized. Work is the place where we live so much of our lives now. You know, it's, it's a, it's an incontestable aspect of our lives. We have to work. We have set up a society and an economic arrangement with that demands the majority of us, the vast, vast majority of us work to earn our keep. And so that means we need to make and pay a lot of it, pay special attention to the workspaces that we ask people to enter, whether virtually or physically, and to ensure that there are places that are centered for human beings to live and thrive. And um, so I find that that's my work and it's a real gift to be able to do that work. So these, these worlds operating in, in alignment with each other, they operate separate from one another, but that's who I am. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for that. I liked when you said um, a world where everyone can thrive. Yeah. A world where everyone can thrive. And I, and, I, and, that, and that's what I envision. I mean, I, I envision this world primarily in the Ever Work Ever Forward with our young men can thrive, where they're, they're not confined to this idea that here's how I have to be that is so, so narrow and so locked in that they – can't break free they can't break free and they and their talent and their brilliance get stuck you know and um i think that i mean i remember at times just growing up in terms of this work it's like where i was like hiding good 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 tests in my backpack right i got the results back it was a good score but my friends during the test were asking me to cheat and i was like resisting and I was like like I was like not <laughs> and then I yeah. felt guilty that I I knew I got a good score and course, they didn't and then and that idea of like how how many times I almost let that get in the way of a life I get to live today where I don't get to I don't have to I feel free you know are you can you hear me okay Dax you can't hear me can you hear me it has not been set up yet. Hey, Dax, welcome back. You know, we had a, a little bit of technology there that was wild, right? Um, I imagine yeah. since you're an author, since you're an author of like six books, you probably have been on a lot of interviews, yeah? Over the years, yeah, I've done a, I've done a few of them, you know. I get a chance to run my mouth from time to time and and um, feel, a, feel a lot of privilege in that. And since the, it is something that I do regularly enough that I am comfortable doing it, you know, and I feel mm -hmm. like... 
it is a space that I'm comfortable occupying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one, one time I, I think about the, the ideas that, you know, there's so many podcasts out there and so many interview platforms you've been on, but like, did you know the movie Inside Out? You know the movie Inside Out? Where he talks about- I, I watched it with my daughter multiple times in the last 20, that I, I, almost, I got teary eyed at the first, like, oh my God, this made it hurt my heart. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. Long-term memory. So we just added another long-term memory. Be like, man, I remember that podcast, the freaking thing didn't work. It's true. Had to, it's there true. we go. It distinguishes itself in its own way. It distinguishes itself. But I'm also <laughs> going to probably distinguish myself and how bad my art is going to be, but it will not be uh, a measure of my, <laughs> of the quality of the thing. You know, That's I, right. you know, as you were talking before the break, you know, you were talking about guilt and I had to define shame as also a part of it. Yeah. And, you know, something that I don't necessarily know that I felt I had the latitude to explore as a young black kid growing up in the nineties was the, the validation of the guilt and shame that I felt and experienced around being a kid who didn't struggle in school, who had two parents who loved him and not to say anybody else has done, but like who were very present in my life. Yeah. Had the ability to go to really, really high, high quality school play. Like I felt a lot of guilt around my class access. And I felt in many ways, and I had a crew of friends and we all were feeling that guilt because all of us as black boys didn't know we were, our, our parents had struggled so much to get to where we were, to get us to the place we were, that our experience was not necessarily their experience. But so there wasn't really much guidance for us when we were teenagers around how to be with one another and how to deal with privilege, having some level of privilege and also to not, and to be in sort of predominantly white spaces where you're sort of feeling like you're, you are an object of lots of scrutiny and otherwise um, being yeah. sort of judged. And so we turned a lot of our angst inward and yeah. turned it toward each other. And we were very, very hard on each other. We we were hard on each other. And, my, and, and when you were telling that story, it made me think of a picture that I shared with a buddy of mine the other day that I'm gonna share with you. Um, it's, it's this picture right here of me in the 90s. At a, at a club in D.C., baggy jeans, tank top on, Timberland boots. My boy has the same outfit on. We posing, me mugging. And I sent it to one of my friends who was like, who would have otherwise been in that picture. And he wrote back, man, a body language expert could write an entire thesis on this miserable presentation. And I said, and I wrote back to him, it's a concerted effort to diminish oneself into a stereotype. And he says back to me, just says so much. I can see my own sad self in that picture right next to y'all, wife beater costume and all. And then he went on to say, prisoners of angst, internal conflict, and incoherence of character, engaging in an obvious sham presentation, barely concealing the shame and self-loathing of the whole clownish spectacle. And I've, I've wrote back to him, I said, I've been thinking and writing about a lot about this time in our lives. I just recall such consistent joylessness like the only hope was to drink myself to numbness and hope for some action, all while wishing I was someplace else doing something else, anything but the charade of false masculinity. Mm. And and we just kind of go on in this way, and it's just realizing as he and I are both in our mid forties, and we've stayed really really close. 
And we can now look back on this time in our teens and 20s and we can talk about it with each other because our lives have moved so far from that place around. We can talk about like, wow, we were really feeling the need to perform. Yeah. To perform a stereotype in so many ways. Like we didn't feel like we had the latitude to just be ourselves because if you stepped outside of that stereotype, you would get pulled back in. Like you would get shamed back in. You would get like that, that box. We couldn't leave the box. You know? <laughs> oh man. When you talked about that, one of the things I thought of the same picture from high school. So there was rules around smiling in my community. So basically I was a photo editor for the newspaper. So I was always taking pictures. I was rarely in any pictures, but I remember every time I was go to like one of the games or wrestling or football or whatever, and I'm on the sideline taking pictures of people. Like I was, I, I'll be going through the, you know, this is old school film, right? So you like developing the film, you start looking at the pictures in the little thing. You're like, okay, that's a good one. And every picture, like, I'm like, no one's like, no one's having a good time. Like no one's, no one's smiling. Even when they win a match there, you know, there's some, there's some cheering at maybe at the end, like, yeah, yeah. But when you, when you get the camera in front of them, they're just like, like, and you're just like, Wow. You just won. You just won. And like, just no won. one looks happy. No yeah. one looks happy. Yeah. At least for the pictures. Like, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't have fancy high, high. You can't take pictures of people jumping around because the camera would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you had to have people posing. So when you, when you get them to pose, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. If this, yeah. this show, this show is going to be a newspaper. Oh, let me, let me get ready. Right. It's going to be in, the, in front of the newspaper. Let me, yeah. let yeah. me put this, 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 this mask on. Right. This mask on. And that's that's what happens, right? And I and I did it too. I mean, I'm only in a couple of pictures, and mostly with the with the newspaper crew. And I'm just like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm like, oh yeah. And on my graduation picture, I took a picture. <laughs> this has got me in a lot of like drama. I took a picture um, with a tuxedo with my you know my my suit. And then the person in the room said, "You want to? How about this rose? This rose will look good." So I'm holding this rose. And I, I remember when I started giving those pictures out, people were like, why are you holding a rose? Of course. And I'm like, I don't, I don't actually know why I'm holding a rose, tell you the truth. Now, my mom loved it, but yeah. everyone else who I wanted to give up, they were like, why are you holding a rose? Because like, your mom remembers the sweet baby that you were. <laughs> and that's who you still are to her. Right. She can see that. She sees that. She sees, she sees the thing that we have to, we feel like we have to, we have to, Eliminate yeah, squash. Yeah. Squash. Yeah. You know? That's right. That's right. Man. Well, I I man, we're already in it. We're already in the mask. And this is a part of it, right? So we we, we just get to create this little physical thing of what we're already talking about, right? Like what you talked about in that picture, what I've been talking about with this photo, like this idea that these masks that, that started a long time ago. Right. Started a long time ago. And maybe we've gotten better at them. They're more refined. We got more toys to kind of to adorn them. Yeah. But they're they're sometimes still rooted in those old messages, you know? Yeah. So, so what we get to do is we get to make yeah. a mask. This activity, folks, if you're out there and you haven't made a mask, you can do that anonymously. Dax and I are going to share our mask publicly, but you don't have to do that. You can go to millionmask.org and make a mask, but Dax and I are going to create a mask together. So Dax, the first step, on the left side, we're going to use the left side and the right side of this piece of paper. So maybe just fold the paper in half. Yep. Yep. And um, 
Um, the left side will be the front, and then the right side will be the back. So we'll just you can just label it if you want. So I label on the outside and the inside. Um, we're gonna we're gonna work on we're gonna work on the Got inside. We're gonna face each other. Yeah. So, so the left side will be the front, and the right side will be the back. Got it. Yeah. Okay, and so the first step on the front, and there's only three steps. So the first step is to draw a mask. And whatever you draw is perfect. Mm -hmm. No no judgment. Like, just, just trust that whatever you draw is going to be great. Mm -hmm. On the left side, draw a mask. Okay. All right. All right. Did, I'm on it. All right. Did you draw a lot growing up? Uh, no. I, I I read a lot of comic books, but I didn't I didn't draw. I think my sister was the artist in our house, and okay. when I discovered how good she was and how bad I was, I think I just you know ass assumed that it was not a thing that I could do, you know. Mm. Which I am, you know, I've always had some feelings about. Um, but any anyway, be that as it may, it is what it is. <laughs> is she still is she still a, a good creative? Artist she, she, it's funny, you know, she decided recently that she's going to re-engage herself in her artistic stuff. Like she's always been in theater and she, but she's put down the drawing. Interesting okay. story. She went to a test. She took a test to take a test to get into this performing arts school and she forgot her glasses that day. So she couldn't draw. So she ended up having to do some performance and she got in on the base of performance. And so that was her path. Which I just thought was just how that's how talented you were, clearly. You could go to the performing arts school and get in on the basis of, you know, your um, you know, your 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 secondary, the thing you weren't even there to do. Uh, you know, and I don't know, I just feel like that's just not something that I had as part of my um part of my skill set. And who knows if well, how to what extent that is true and you know, but it is what it is. It is what oh. it is. Well, I'm glad I mean, that's really cool that she had multiple talents that she's just like, I mean, most time you see a movie when the kid forgets something, it's like the end of the world, right? Yeah. She's yeah, like, yeah. I got this. She just, she just flipped. And I always, I've always, that story is 30, 40 years old, 30 something years old now, but it's a story that I just, I look at her and I think of, and I'm like, wow, like to have the, 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 the mental presence and sort of the, the ability the cut, whatever it is to just do that pivot yeah. and make it happen. I just always have been, I just looked at her and I've always seen that genius and I'm like, that's in you. So, yeah. Oh man. Well, now we have the front, uh, the okay. mask you drew. And now what you're going to do on that same side is you're going to write three words that are qualities of yourself that you gladly let the world see. What are three qualities or characteristics or things about yourself that you could be a phrase, but a word or a phrase on the left side of things you gladly let the world see. Got it. All right. Cool. Okay. And now, um, and now we move to the back of the mask. And the back of the mask is different than the front of the mask. The back of the mask are the things that we don't usually let people see, that we don't talk much about. Um, but three things that, you know, we're going to share here together. So, um, what are three things you don't talk much about? You don't usually let people see. Um, and those, that's what you're going to write on the back. Three words, phrases. 
Okay. All right. Well, uh, now you, the moment of truth is you get to decide as the guest who goes first. Ooh. So you get to decide, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You go first, man. Okay. First. You, well, mm. Show me the way. Show me the way. <laughs> just a way. Just a way. Uh, all right. Here we go. Here's my, here's my, my, here's my, my, my drawing. There's the mask. And the words on the front of the mask I wrote today are serious, dedicated, and others before self. That's, uh, uh, that's really present today. Um, um, the serious, dedicated, I think, are things that I'm, you know, I'm a lot to do, big dream, big goals. Like I'm intense sometimes. Um, dedicated, I think people, I, I really want people to see that. And this other one is actually interesting because sometimes I like, I usually put funny, like I like to laugh. I love to laugh. I mean, if I could, when I zoom out to stuff that I'm watching on social media, it's usually, besides the crazy political stuff, it's the funny stuff because I just need a little balance in there. But others before self is like when I'm not in a mode where I can be funny, <laughs> where I'm laughing about or trying to keep it light, I think my seriousness and the intensity sometimes that comes with that I I rest on that. They know that I'm putting others before myself. Like I'm, yeah, I am intense right now. It's a lot going on. I'm trying to like get stuff done. I'm not smiling really a lot. But because this thing matters, it, it matters not just about like what it looks like right now in the moment, this organization that I'm growing, but it's, it's not for what it makes me look like. It's for the fact that if we don't achieve this, there are people out there who are going to miss the opportunity to hopefully have their lives impacted in a positive way. Yeah. Cause if it was for me, I, sometimes I think I would go get a high paying job that would just let me work nine to five. And then when I leave work, I'm done with work. Right. But I don't think I would be happy about that. But sometimes this side of it, the social entrepreneur work, the nonprofit work is sometimes like you're never done. Like yeah. you're never done. And so I think the others before self is it's the first time I think I've written that on a mask, but it's one that I'm, I think people see that. I think they know that people who know me um, and I, and I, I'm not always okay with it. <laughs> yeah. I I think I've done it by habit and by training growing up, but sometimes I'm like, maybe I need to put myself first, but that's not usually the part that people see. So yeah, I'm complete. That's the front. Man. Yeah. How does this work? Do I do my front now? Yeah, we. That's the yeah. So you will do your front, okay. and then I'll do my back. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, whenever I think of masks, I think of uh, MF Doom, the late great MF Doom. I'm a huge Doom fan. The very concept of him reemerging as a rapper after his brother KMD dies with this mask and calling him and just creating this alter ego. I think it did some, it was just some liberating, quirky, fun, brilliant take on rap culture, commentary on rap culture. But I put it there and I put down the three words were intellect, family man provider and bridge builder. Um, so I, I, it is very important 
for me that people you use the word serious that I think that for me that's I connect that to intellectual um, that I have that people perceive me I, I always would feel uncomfortable when people would tell me that I like I don't I remember when I was starting out as a writer folks were like man you're so inspiring and that's and I'm like I don't want to be inspiring I want to be intelligent mm-hmm. I don't want you to think of me as inspiring like I don't that's not what I'm here for actually I'm here to make you think you know, and I'm here because I'm a thinker and I want to be engaged in thought and thought production um, and thought leadership, you know. Um, so I place a lot of value on that and being perceived in that kind of person. Family man provider. You know, even before I was married and had children, um, I was it was very important to me to be present for my nieces and nephews. Very important for me to be present for younger people in my life that I mentored. Very important that they don't ever perceive me as needing anything from them. Like I'm the guy who you can, you know, I'm not going to come to you with my problems. You don't feel like I don't, you know, and it's so you, there is something to the point where you say around others before self. I think that that's some of my conditioning and it's also in reaction to the stereotype that I grew up around, not so much in my own family, but the broader family of black folks, this perception of us not being family men, of not being oriented towards providing, which always was a lie, was always a lie. It's always a lie. They took this little blip in time when crack was overrun in our communities and used that as the framing for who we are and who we've always been, which was never true. But when you're young and you don't know and all you're seeing is these very limiting visions of yourself reporting back, you know, I felt I had to go to the opposite extreme and become super Negro, super black man. So there's that. Then there's a bit, I call myself a bridge builder, you know, and I think that that's a, a role I play in my work where I am never the hothead. I'm always the person who is trying to hold the by the, the sort of diurnal, the diurnality of a situation to be able to interact with the space in which truth is living in these two different sides of a point of an argument. While it is also, and it is hard work to do that because I have my beliefs and I'm very clear in my beliefs and I never want people to be perceiving me as some person who is without his own deep beliefs and convictions. But one of my deep beliefs and convictions is that we live in a society where people are hyper-focused on getting their point across and having their point of view heard and seen and not able and, and therefore they do not develop the muscle and or ability to provide people the same space and latitude they want for themselves. So I've taken it upon myself to be someone who stands in that gap, who sits in that gap, who holds the tension of and uses my social capital at times to do so. I use the capital that I've accumulated as a black man navigating a whole bunch of spaces as a person of integrity. I lend it in a variety of ways to a lot of different spaces because I do believe that it is something I'm called to do and it is a skill that I have, but it is something that I'm definitely comfortable bringing in. Thank you, man. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that like intelligent versus inspiring. Like I want you to, I want you like what part of that like that part like I mean I'm excited I'm excited yeah yeah, yeah. um I think I want to you know when we get to the back I think I'm gonna come back it's gonna come out again it's gonna come out again so I'm I'm gonna come back to that in a minute because I yeah. 
I feel it already. All right, we'll take a breath. Take a breath. Yeah. You know, take a breath. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Now we're talking about the back. This is the stuff that we don't usually let people see. Um, and, uh, oof. okay, here's tonight. Here's today's back. Uh, tired. Self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And warrior versus warrior. Um, like I want to, I, I, I want to be seen more of like a warrior. Like whatever problem comes, no problem, solution oriented, like purpose driven, like right. going forward. And a lot of times behind the scenes, I'm just like, is this gonna work? How, how are we gonna get this done? How am I gonna raise this money? How am I gonna get this grant? How am I gonna? Can I can I can I take a vacation this summer? What about this Christmas break? And am I gonna get it to take some time off? Am I like like all the behind the scenes like spinning, chattering primates that are repeating messages behind the scenes that are that are connected to the self doubt? Like sometimes, like like I know that there's very few people who work harder than me. I know there's people who are smarter than me. But it's like I can't work any harder. Like, like uh, you know, I can't work any harder. Like I'm already borrowing hours from the from tomorrow. You know, I'm already like staying up till two thirty, three o'clock, borrowing hours from the next day, which is going to get paid back somewhere in either efficiency or in energy or in whatever. But um, I think those are things that I I'm, I'm really and I'm trying to get more effective. I'm, I'm more efficient. You know, I'm I'm working on my own personal effectiveness systems that I, I mean, I, I didn't even use that word till two weeks ago, three weeks ago when talking to my coach, like, what are my personal effectiveness systems? Cause they were not effective. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, well, they, through brute force, they were effective. Yes. 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 Through, through hard force, work drive. And, right. Um, anyway, that's that, those are the three that are feeling really resonant right now. And tired is one that People be like, oh, you're my, my 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 office manager. She'd be like, "Oh, your eyes look great. You look tired." I said, "I ain't tired. What you talking about? What you talking about? I'm good. What you I'm talking good. about? I'm, I'm, I'm good. good." Now these people know. I mean, it's also the time of year. I feel like for me, I, my ideal world work life balance would mean I might take off the last four to six weeks of the year of every year because I just do so much between January and October that I, you know, I just feel tired, man. I'm just ready for 23. I'm ready to close up shop. Yeah. I won't write nothing for nobody. I don't want to so for I just want to take some time and like sleep to be really, really truthful. I just want to sleep and rest. I'm tired. So I believe I'm with you. And but when you're doing your own thing and as you know it, it's this whole eat what you kill mindset. Like if I don't get out there, then it's not going to get done. And if I don't, you know, and, and then it's also the sort of, you know, from the, the, the sort of scarcity mindset where I, when opportunity comes, I feel like my job is to answer. Like, I don't, I'm not the person who just can say no to project X. You know what? There's some things I can say no to. And I know that's true, but like this, this every few months I'm like, Oh shit, what's the next quarter going to look like? What's the next year going to look like? Is this people, are people still going to want to keep talking to me? Are people, do I need to get a new book out now? Because the only way I'm going to stay relevant is if I have something new to say. And I know, I know that's dominant culture working on me, yeah. but I still can't completely extricate myself from that dominant culture narrative, which require, I see it in artists, 
musicians, yeah. Yeah. athletes, all sorts of folks who just can't pause. I'm like, yo, dude, you don't need another album right now. You just got <laughs> last year. Why you don't have anything new to say to me? But you know, oh, no. the, but the anxiety is the labels that I need to do this and I got to keep the fans happy. Da, 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 yeah. I feel that on, my, on the level I operate and I feel the same way. So, but I know I'm ripping off yours and I want to just like let you know that I, I connect with so much of what you're saying and could have written down those same things myself. But what I wrote down was I wrote down um, a longing for connection and friendship is something I don't let people see. Uh, how deeply I long for friendship, particularly male. Um, my man, my male friendships, which were so important to me growing up, and you know, talk more about that. Uh, anxiety over financial, um, my financial future. You know, like I do well, but I'm always thinking, like, so what does that mean in ten years? Though I don't have wealth, I'm building wealth, but I don't have like generational wealth. Or I, there's nobody who's le- there's nobody I'm looking to who's going to leave me anything. Yeah. Nobody, nobody left me. My father I always joked. My father passed away, and I bless my dude. I love him, but I had to pay for the funeral. You know what I mean? Like, so it wasn't that. So I have the anxiety of the financial future and my children and what's going to mean for them. And, and then there's anxiety over my over just my decline, like my physical and my mental decline. Like, you know, I'm feeling. Uh, I still I feel great. I feel energized, but I feel good. But I'm also just sort of aware that you know I have this window that I'm operating in. And I don't take my health for granted at all, but it is to say that I know that people, you know, start to experience mental decline. They start to experience physical decline, whether it's just that body's acting up or they just, and so I have anxiety over that. Like I get real hypochondriac when I feel like certain things are off. I'm like, yo, I ain't, I ain't using the bathroom in a couple of days. What's going on? Am I okay? I'm, I can't, like, I mean, and for a long time, that meant I just avoided doctors. I did what too many black men do. I just avoided the doctor. Um, and it was, my wife was just like, no, you're not going to do that. The moment we started, and that was kind of why I knew she was the one. She was like, no, no, you're going to the doctor. Even when we just started dating, she's like, you're making, um, we're making an appointment. You're going to get your physical. You're going to get it done every year. Da, 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 da. I had spent 20 some years just like, I'm just going to rock, rough, I'm going to rock it out. I'm a, just like, when I drop dead, I'm going to drop dead. You know, that guy. And I just realized that's why our lifespan and life expectancy is what it is. You know? And I don't want, and I have little ones, and I don't want that to be my fate. The reality is, like, I just don't want that to be my fate. And I'm, I'm going to therefore embrace the fact that there might be things that gonna that will happen, yeah. and then I can get through them. It's like I've got through everything else. But those mm-hmm. are the things that I don't let the world see. Is that those anxieties and that, but really that more recently that longing for connection. Like mm-hmm. I, I really miss my friends. Yeah. And I really, I see them from time to time. I talk to them over text, but I just don't understand why our culture has oriented itself such that, particularly when it comes to men, our friendships have to be these real sideline, peripheral things. And, it, and it's almost like the, the way that we've organized the nuclear family construct doesn't create space for, for that other, for the other things, the other needs that we have. And this is a new and modern concept because it wasn't true in the 19th century and has not even true in parts of the other parts of the world. But in this part of the world, at this time and time and place, we are trained and conditioned to remove, to, to like pursue career, present, like put everything else is more important than our relationships with our friends. Yeah. And it just seems really 
sad to me and I, and it, and it hurts me that I want, and I want more and I want to think, I want to address that in my own, in my work and in my life. Mm. Thank you, man. I, um, when you start talking about the, the friendships and a couple of things rang true, first of all, thank you for sharing those. And I, I, that could have been the back of mine as well. And so many, and every one of them, um, Mm. When you talked about, I think the one I want to touch on, I mean, I have a couple of them I want to, but I'm going to touch on this one particularly. When you talked about uh, like friends and connections and uh, Trevor Noah just recently had this little clip about men and intimacy. And he talked about it the way he prefaced it was like, there's this article that's saying that men are not getting as much sex as they really want. Right. And for lots of reasons, he said, but he then started talking about the idea that what maybe most men are missing, because even when men talk about having sex after it's over, it's kind of over. It's like, oh, I finished yeah. that thing. I did that duty. I finished them the mission. And then the, the emptiness comes back right after because this yeah. idea that there was no intimacy in there. I think that yeah. men who are really willing to talk about their feelings and themselves have said like they really d desire to have close connections, but we, yeah. but I think sometimes we've been trained to not want it. And so then you have to like, well, yeah, everything becomes sexualized, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm reading a really powerful book right now um, that is actually helping me a whole lot. And that I think is, you know, giving me some of the language and thing. it's called deep secrets. And it's mm. about, um, it's about like boys and friendships, but she, uh, the, 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 the author talks about, one of the sicknesses of our society is to sexualize everything. And so, and it's, it's got connections in its roots in Freud and other various forms of scholarship that have permeated popular culture suggests that anytime a man expresses a need that is outside the bounds of sort of the heterosexual desire for sexual conquest, it is, he must be gay, he must be this. So therefore any, therefore young men is particularly are going to be very resistant to anything that has any potential connotations around their sexuality, particularly when you haven't, you have, you're just starting your own journey as a, as a sexual being. And then I think it just, it compounds and it doesn't get reflected on and it doesn't get challenged. And I do remember this moment yeah. in my own, like in my twenties, a buddy of mine and I, we went out, um, we were going to go hiking because one of the things I, I like to do with my buddies, you know, particularly back in the days, we would go hiking because I like to hike and I like to be out in the woods. And I like to just be in nature. And I like to reflect and talk and build. And it's athletic still. So we're still, we're still working. But I remember my, my boy's mom said to us, so y'all just going to go by yourselves? Just the two of you? You don't want to bring any girls with you? I was like, and, I, and that's, that's 20 some years later. I still six feet. I'm like, it made me, it made it feel dirty. Yeah. I'm like, why, why did you have to do that? Like, why did your brain have to go there yeah. and even make that, which is to say, like, if that was the case, that's our business. But if it's not, but what, what, what is this idea around how we're supposed to be together? And I think we get locked into all that stuff. Yeah. We get yeah. locked into it and therefore we distance and distance and distance and that deep desire never gets addressed except for really unhealthy ways. You know, people find all these unhealthy ways to deal with it. But what I'm, I'm trying to call back in to my relationships. It's not just like, yo, we do the Vegas weekend. I'm not, I don't mean the Vegas weekend actually. Yeah. I mean, I want to have regular contact and conversation with you. I want to be able to like 
connect with you about things that are going on in my life and not feel like all every time I talk to you, it has to be us sort of talking about our latest promotion at work or the yeah. latest deal that we close or the da 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 I'm like, yo, bro, like later for that, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, how yeah. you doing? You know, I'm here for you. That's um, right. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, a, a friend of mine recently sent me a text and he was like, hey, I need some prayer. There's some wild things going on right now. And, you know, I'm like, oh, man. So I said, hey, brother, I'm, I'm praying for you. Hey, you know, you want to talk about it? You want to, you know, make some time to have a get on a call? And, and he was like, no, I'm, I'm working through the problem. I'm working through it right now. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but I know you're working through it, but you sent this text like with this, the energy of the first text. <laughs> Was then almost like, now don't ask any questions. I just wanted to like right. drop it out there. And I'm a caring person. So I'm like, well, hey, I respect your space and just know that you don't have to carry this alone. Right. Yeah. And then the next text I got, oh, problem solved. I figured it out. And I'm like, yeah, but like I wanted to like be, I wanted to, I can fix it. I'm not here to fix it for you. But I mean, right. to like, to, to be in that space where you know that like sometimes we just need somebody to be able to just help hear us. It? Right. And just hear us. And I think that sometimes we miss those opportunities. And I think, you know, I told him I, afterwards, he told me what it was because it was a testimony as opposed to talking about it while it was a, a challenge. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I said, is there a reason you didn't want to share with me before? Right. And I think like I was like, I really want to know, like, how, how is it that we you're willing to tell me that you successfully achieved yeah. the, the, the intended goal. But while you were going through the rough time, you didn't want to like like you didn't want to let that part go. And I think this idea of what failure means to ourselves and others, yeah. what, what it means to, what if he wasn't successful? Would he have, would he have told me? And I yeah. think we, I want us, to, I mean, I, I believe in those, those, the need of those relationships to be both when the good and yeah. when stuff is like really tough yeah. and challenging. Yeah. So yeah, without a doubt, man, man, oh man, you know, um, you know, as we come into, thank you for sharing the mask. First of all, I think we talked way more before the mask, <laughs> but but I ultimately, I think this, this is this your first time making a mask. Is your first time? It is. Yeah. yeah. How, how how did it feel? How did it how did it feel either um, after now that you've already done it, or how did it feel as you were putting the words on the paper? I I feel like, you know, I have the benefit of being somewhat in touch with what's really going on, what's really good with Dex. Yeah. You know, because my work kind of demands it. Yeah. Since that if I'm not showing up for myself, or if I'm not being honest with myself, there's no way I can really help people do that with themselves in their work situations or in their life situations. So, but that doesn't mean that that work is being done or that there's attention to it. Like, I don't, necessarily have spaces where I could go to do this sort of thing. And so the, the, how was that? It was a, um, it was, it was energy like releasing in the sense that clearly these are things that I have been, that have been holding That's particularly stuff on the back. I've been holding it up. Yeah. And it's also just powerful to see the things that I carry and allow people to see mm. and ask myself is is that is that okay? Do I want to see more? Maybe it's maybe it's not for everybody to see more, but just more people. I want to let people. There's more. Be some more people that I want to let see more. Um, yeah. 
And I think about it, and I, I love this activity because I, I think about it a lot as a father of a girl and of a little boy and the ways in which I am trying to give them a multi-layered, dimensioned, hued experience of their father. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as a, as, as a writer, as a writer, I think, you know, um, and you're a writer. I'm not a writer. You, as you, as being a writer, <laughs> oh, I, 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 I mean, I mean, I'm in training. So I'm, I'm, I talk about it a lot, but I was like so juiced when I saw uh, your books and then you talk about six of them. I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I, I'm, I'm trying to get this one out. Right. But I think when I think about like the, the things that block that I feel are subconsciously blocking, like the, I, I, the idea that, uh, yes, it's going to be hard. But is it possible that it's easier than I think, right? Yes, it's possible too. And how how about I just get stuck into the, what if I just make it easier, focus on the, what if it's easier than I think, than the idea that it's hard, right? And I think mm -hmm. the, the the doubt, the doubt, like the, you know, the, the doubt, and yeah. it keeps, that shows up behind the scenes. I don't share, I, through these conversations, I, I share it. I've been sharing a little bit more of it and I've been processing it more myself. Like, yeah. Oh, that is a thing that I need to do something with and work on. But, yeah. um, I, I'm really appreciating these kind of conversations because I hope that, you know, for you, as we get to can get to know each other more after this, you know, like yeah. this is just the beginning that is opportunity for deep, deeper connection and yeah. a deeper movement building, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, the fact that you do this and create space for men to make a mass together and talk about it. Obviously, those of us who come on here need to be willing to do that. But I'm imagining and I'm hopefully that you are continuously inspired, use that word inspired, because I have a different relationship with it now that I'm older, inspired by the fact that we want to talk, yeah. you know, we want to share, we want to express. Yeah. The straight jacket is not, the straight jacket just doesn't, it's not, it's not going to be what the world, it's not what the world needs from us right now. Like we see all these men who are still operating in the, in the straight jacket, blowing up things, yeah, forcing their will on people who don't want them to force their will on them. That's right. You know, and it's just, um, we're calling for something new. We're ready to move to a new space and cycle. Yeah. And we even want those men who are in that struggle space to come on that journey too. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what they, those men who I find wearing that straight jacket, they, they struggle with the, the, the possibility that they could still be embraced without having all the money, the power and all the things that they have come to identify as their value as their purpose. That's right. Like you actually have value outside of the whole positions you hold the titles you have, the sure. dollars in your bank account. I think that's really hard, really, really hard for for folks who've committed themselves to um, a sort of a very acquisitive sort of material-seeking all And you and I said it, whether it's about sex or it's about buying the next thing, there's, there's emptiness to these things every single time. Like, we all know. Yeah. You get it, and it's like, damn. <laughs> damn now, and we can't ever say and it's like i can't ever say like that it wasn't that it, it didn't it just didn't quench that thing that itch that thing that i deep there's something deeper 
we can't express that and name that. We have to continue to just go to the next one, yeah. find the next thing, the next the next thing we can buy, the next house, the next this, the next that, without really ever sitting and stepping back and saying, like, why is this stuff not doing it? Yeah. Why do I continue to need more? We. And, you know, and with that, I'll say one last thing I'll say is that in where we see with our young men here in the Bay Area, you know, now that there's such an easier access to these mind numbing substances, they don't get that once they've numbed themselves with one and it's not enough, the, the, the hunt for something else is right around the corner and trying to help them understand that. Just because it's available and easy accessible doesn't mean that you should be doing it right and everyone has their own journey and they can do what they need to do but i what we try and see is that what are you what what are you actually looking for yeah what are you seeking right yeah. and so man i want to thank you and i and i would like to would you let folks know how they can like what ways you want them to connect with you if you do um but what are the ways that you know your work people out there who may be interested in hearing more about your work or knowing more about the work you're doing like yeah. what ways you want them to connect with you Sure. Um, you know, I like to think I'm fairly, you know, you just type, there's not that many Dax Devlin Rosses in the world. You know, you type me into Google, type in Dax Devlin Ross, and you'll see my website. You'll find me on LinkedIn. You'll see some things I've written, some interviews I've done. So I think starting there, or if you, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, just Dax Devlin Ross, or my website is just at DaxDev, Dax-Dev.com. And I, I'm usually really good about getting back to people and connecting because I do feel like that's part of the work as well. Part of the work is responding to people. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I always, and I know it can be overwhelming for folks, particularly people who are, you know, experiencing fame, you know, to kind of be responsive. But when people reach out to me with a genuine inquiry about any number of things, my, my you know, my intention and my actions are to try to get back to people. So... Yeah, I invite that, you know. That's why I, I do the work, is to spread it. It's not just to hold it. Um, so thank you for making this space. Thank you for the work that you do, um, for for sort of setting up a really, really fun, um, easy place to be myself. And that just means a lot to me, that you are the one doing what you do, bro. Thank you, brother. And you're doing it. It's you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to this just being the beginning of a new connection. And I appreciate you. That's right. Um, That's right. We'll have all those notes. We have all those in the show notes. We'll put all the okay. links there in the show notes. And um, I appreciate you for being here today. And thanks for making time. Without a doubt. Happy right to on, folks. You enjoy your evening. I'm about to go see the babies. All right. Fantastic. All right. Take peace, care. Peace. Be well. Peace. Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Graphics are by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review, and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11-11-22. That's November 11th of 2022. There's a math problem in there. You can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media. Take care, and we'll see you soon.